I remember distinctly breaking up a screen pass and the referee coming over to my coach and saying, that's the best play I've ever seen a freshman make. Wow. Yeah. And I, I just, I walked, I glowed with pride at that moment. Your coach is like, he's a senior. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. That's where I was headed. Oh, man. It's fun being made fun of. <laughs> Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my incredibly athletic co-host, the Adam Hawkins. Adam, how you doing today, bud? Swole! <laughs> and we're in the studio with our good friends and special guests, Jamin Roller and Ina Carruth. How are you guys? Great. Good. Thanks, Jamin. <laughs> well, I thought about saying weak, but then it's just like, it's my first time on Culture Matters. I don't first know how much personality This is your first time on Culture Matters? Yes, Adam. Oh, wow. It's mine and Adam. Is this your? It is. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, welcome. Well, I usually start off, if I'm able to, if the topic is light, with a fairly silly question just to get us started. Adam, for you. Let's start with you. Yes, sir. You are known, most people know you as an athlete, right? That's true. Okay. What is if you look back at your life? What is your your finest athletic achievement? Being honest, what is your finest athletic moment? Ooh, probably getting my black belt. You got your black belt in yeah. what? That's incredible. Taekwondo. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. so what did you have to do to either get your black that or, belt? Either that or running a marathon. Oh, how big was the kid <laughs> that you had to fight? Uh, I had to fight several kids. Oh, okay. At the same time. <laughs> yes. He got For it real. last week. <laughs> For real. It, last it just week. happened, these toddlers. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I don't know what kids are eating these days, but these 12-year-olds, man. <laughs> They're no pretty joke. jacked up. I know. Have you ever run a marathon or done anything? I've that done you're... a half marathon, but if I could just say, I did. I was your... district MVP for soccer for my whole district. Oh my god! Are you serious? 1997, I peaked. Wow, wow. That, was that was it. 97. <laughs> Since then, you haven't had any district no, honors. No, no, I haven't. No one will recognize them. Yeah, when I, I ran a half, and I had plantar fasciitis for like six months. <laughs> like, it's not worth it. Jamin, finest athletic achievement. Oh man, I I don't know. I really don't. I don't have a black belt. You don't? Uh-uh. Oh. I have, so Adam moment. could beat you up. That's uh, Adam what could, I'm hearing. Adam right? could beat me up. <laughs> no. In fact, you don't early so? on in Adam and I's relationship, <laughs> he attacked me in a store because of his black belt. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't think we have time. Was this part of like the fight club initiation that you went through to get your black belt where it's like you have to start a fight with a coworker and lose? Yes. Okay. And how did it go? I couldn't lose. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't lose. Well, if you didn't have a, <laughs> if you didn't have any fine athletic achievements when you were growing up, did you ever wear one of those like Lord's Gym T-shirts? Oh yeah, be honest, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're proud. So for those of us who talked about that, people may ago. not know about this. What is what is the Lord's Gym T-shirt? So it's this shirt that has uh, Jesus, uh, you know, on his chest on the ground. He's super ripped, <laughs> and there's a cross on his back. And on the bottom, it says, I've heard various iterations of it. On the bottom of the one that I had, it said, bench press this. <laughs> Very like it was at, who's that at? Is that at the devil? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I tried it and I couldn't. You so couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't, couldn't bench press this. Adam, did you ever have a Lord's Gym t-shirt? I did. Mine said no pain, no gain on it, which was awesome. So which is better. a Bible verse, right? And I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost 
positive that it was sleeveless. Oh, man. Like, oh, I'm positive it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm positive I'm, you didn't buy it sleeveless. Because <laughs> I know you were, a big, you were a big roller skater, right? So you were wearing oh. this Lord's Gym sleeveless shirt, roller skating around. With Flower your Mound. black belt around your head. <laughs> <laughs> a big roller skater. Adam, why are we dedicating a show to health and fitness? We talk about so many important topics. Is this really important? I know it's everywhere in our culture. I know that like a lot of people, I mean, there's commercials, it's business. Seems like a lot of people in our church work out. Maybe they're even part of the cult of uh, CrossFit or, uh, Jamin, you're a CrossFitter, right? I retired. He's but I changed. Retired. Okay. But there are, it seems like there's some things that kind of are movements that come and go when it comes to fitness and the church is not immune to those things. But we have Jamin here with us. We have Ina here with us. Why would we talk about fitness, Adam? Yeah, I, I actually don't think this is a new idea within the church. It's it's crazy. I remember sort of growing I remember in the nineties, I don't know if you guys remember these books, but like pastors would write or pastors' wives would write these books like mm-hmm. be in shape for your husband like crazy <laughs> no, stuff. Really. Yeah, yeah. And it, or like, you know, your body's a temple type things and mm-hmm. taking that and sh- I do think though, um so I think within the church itself there is an a a culture of health, and and I think it's important to look at and just say, are we reading that correctly? But then at the same time, like you're talking about, I think out in the world there is so much uh, uh, health and wellness and those kind of things. That's such a big topic, really, um, and I do think it's an important one. And like you mentioned, there's big movements out there like CrossFit and and different kinds of things going on um, and that we all sort of get caught up in, and uh, yeah, so I think it's important to talk about. Great. Well, I want to ask you guys about it. Before I do, let me introduce you real quick. Jamin is one of the pastors, one of the lead pastors now at what will soon be Citizens Church, which has been the Village Church Plano campus. And Ina, you're part of that campus as well with Adam and Jamin. Ina is a very gifted Bible teacher, and she's a member there at the campus. Her husband's one of the elders. Uh, Why do you guys think, Jamin, Ina, why is our culture obsessed with health and fitness? Why is this such a big deal? I think there has been somewhat of a of a shift, and maybe shift is the wrong word for it, but what, what our current reality is, is that um, there is a high value placed on image. Uh, and I want to make a distinction between image and identity. Identity is, is who you are, obviously. Image is what you want to project. And so there's an image that you can project, uh, protect. Uh, there's an image that you can somewhat form and shape. And yet, as we all know, that who someone appears to be can be incredibly different than who they actually are. And yet, culturally, what, what we tend to care most about is just how we're encountered by just, just what we project to others. And so fitness and how you look and all of that goes into that, right? Because how you encounter someone first is kind of the shell of them that you encounter, what they, what they appear to be. And, and why it's important to talk about is because as that has, that's not just a human problem, that's a Christian problem, and that's in our, in our churches, that's in my life, right? And so to be able to go to the gospel and to say, no, we are, where we start is an identity, and it's not one that we project, it's not one that we earn, it's one that's gifted to us, and out of that identity, everything else in our life is formed and shaped. And it's within that that being a healthy person physically kind of finds its, its home, that's interesting. So are you saying some of it might even be a sinful obsession with what you control about what you display to other people is part of the cultural obsession? Oh, I think for sure that's part of it. Okay. The control piece in that. And then also, and part of what you're being able to control then is how you appear to others. Mm-hmm. And you're also able to control how you don't appear to others. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's usually the parts of us that we want to keep hidden are very easily hidden behind, well, 
it's easy for one of those barriers to be what I look like. Good. Right? I think easy is a good word. So if it's easy to make physical fitness into something that's maybe like self-idolatrous mm-hmm. or based in kind of a sinful idea of I want people to find me attractive, to like me, mm-hmm. is there a biblical justification behind health and fitness? Or is it just if you see somebody in the gym every day, you should just assume this guy needs some Matthew 18 intervention? <laughs> what do you think, Anna? <laughs> Yeah, there definitely is biblical precedent for caring for our bodies. And I think that just begins with just the concept of stewardship in general that's found in the Bible that God created us. He created us good. He called us very good. Um, and he gave us the charge to um, be fruitful, and multiply and subdue the earth. And he left us as stewards. That actually defines our relationship with God, that he is the owner and the creator and as Um, the created, we get to steward not our environments, the earth, our resources, but our body is part of that. And so I think health and fitness, yeah, is something that a Christian should care about. That's good. Like your body is in some ways it's an, it's a non-renewable resource. Like it's going to run out. It's, it's not going with us when we die, although there'll be glorified body one day and our doctrine of the resurrection and, and the body and Jesus rising from the dead, what we believe about we have is a stewardship issue, right? It's not, it's about a resource that we have that we get a finite amount of time with and how will you care for it? And Adam, talk to me a little bit about the theology of fitness. Like if somebody came to you, you're their pastor and they said, I just, I feel like uh, the way I'm treating my body is sinful. What kind of questions would you ask them or what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I mean, first I'd like to know about there's a lot of ways you could take that. Is this a person who's who's obsessed with working out? Is Are they holding that up? Or is this a person who's abdicating their responsibility to steward it well? So I'd want to ask those questions. I want to say, well, what do you mean, first of all? But as we got deeper, I think I'd want to know first, not like, do you work out a lot? Or do, you know, I think I'd want to know, how do you see your story? How do you see the Christian story? What do you think God is telling you about um, about how you're interacting with your own health, I guess, is what I'd say. You know, I think there's something to to bring it uh, to a little bit of a different topic here. Not topic, but just a different way of looking at this. Uh, along with what Ina says about stewarding well, I do think there is something to say about, like, sins like gluttony or overindulgence or things sure. like that. And I and I would say that that forms some of this, too. And, and, and I want to be careful because— um, uh, I'm, I am not trying to shame anybody, but I do think there's something that um, – are you finding uh, – one question I would be asking is, are you finding comfort? Are you coping with mm-hmm. the pain and the ache that's inside all of us through food or through exercise? Good. And is there a way that you have developed an unhealthy relationship either with exercise and dieting, et cetera, uh, where you think somehow um, – uh, that's going to solve the problem, right? The yeah. ache inside you that you don't feel good enough or that, that life is hard or those kind of deeper questions. And on the other hand, you could say food or if it's not food, just a laziness and un, just maybe, or even to, to honest point, just not even thinking about it at all, unintentionality mm-hmm. as yeah. it relates to how you're dealing with your own health. It's you escape, know? right? It's escape. And you can, you can escape into overeating and overindulging, or you can escape into, you know, 40 hours a week at the gym, right? And one of those looks better than the other, right? The heart condition can be the same. I can, I 
exercise is there's a physical response that my body has that just feels better. It relieves yes. stress for me. And so sometimes when I'm stressful, I will go for a jog or whatever. That looks a lot better than just binging on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. One of those is praise. The other one is not. But the heart is the same. That's good. That's good. And I think that's a great distinction to make because there's we don't want to rag on exercise and say that in some ways there is a way of coping with what's going on in the world by exercising. But it's not you're not saying I'm running away from Jesus right. as I'm running. Like the justification I hear, though, in the sinful world or in the sinful justification of exercises, people will say, my body is a temple. That's why I do these things. And what they actually what they're actually communicating in the way they operate is not that their bo- their body is a temple, which means a place of worship to God, mm-hmm. is that they what they are communicating in the way they're responding to in exercise is they're treating like their body is the God. Their body is yeah. the God that's being worshipped. Their body is the... That's since my body is a temple, it needs to be taken care of. Right. No, no, no. Since your body is a temple, it needs to be at the service of the Lord. That's right. Which means that's, yeah, you take care of your body. You steward what the Lord's given you. And it's a place of worship for God, but it's not an item to be worshipped. And if the, if the gym becomes an altar to you, then that is an inappropriate relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it is, hey, I want to take care of myself, or this is something I enjoy, and our God is not anti-fun. Right. Our God is not going like, hey, you are wasting time by playing pickup basketball with your friends. Why aren't you evangelizing? In fact, in some ways, yeah. exercise is is the pond where the fish are, where we should be fishers of men entering in and saying, what are the community sports for adults and for kids that we can enter into physical activities well, with? We hear those testimonies in the baptism waters for sure. Yeah. Right. Where that's where people meet and interact mm-hmm. and create and foster friendship. Right. So let's talk about that for a second, because I, I also hear community as a big justification for exercise when it comes to kind of the the movement exercise, where it comes to the the community organizations that build a, a communal response to it. And I think of in particular, uh, which has now become almost, it's been around for a while, CrossFit, which uh, I, I, I referenced earlier, but CrossFit is a gym that incorporates so much of these church ideas of being in community with one another, spending time with one another. And in some ways, even maybe sinfully, maybe not, I haven't been on the inside, comparing to one another how we're doing, hold each other accountable to working harder. And then a a new one, which I think several of you, if not all three of you are part of Peloton. Are you guys all Pelotonites? We are. Yeah, we love Peloton. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm the only one not in the cult. So Got to jump in, man. Do I get a... We all wear the same outfit. Yeah, just use me as your your recommendation. (laughs) Oh, do you get like a kickback if I join? Yes. See, this is what you guys are trying to lure me in. Is this a pyramid scheme episode? (laughs) We're glad you joined us. (laughs) So for those who don't know what Peloton is, Ina, what's Peloton? Peloton is a spin cycle workout. Uh, you're on a stationary bike, but it is uh, it is visual. You have a tablet in front of you and you can do a workout live. They're recorded live in New York or in London and you join a community that's already working out, might be doing that exact same workout with you at the same time. Gotcha. And then for those who don't know cro- what CrossFit is, Jamin, what's CrossFit? And did I accurately describe kind of the idea of the community there? Yeah, it's a, it's a deep um, kind of community thread throughout. You're, you're all working out together. Um, you know, uh, uh, in most of the ones that I've been a part of, there's just a high atmosphere of encouragement. There's schedule workouts that you do at the same time, all the same same movements, and it's the the idea kind of that undergirds all of it from the fitness world is that it's like uh, full functional fitness, like the kinds of things that everyone should be able to do to lead like a, a healthy life. So right, if they're able bodied, able bodied, and so it incorporates right. lifting and body weight and cardio and all those all those kinds of things. Excellent. So in these things, we see kind of shadows of what gospel community, what we'd, what we'd like it to be is a level of accountability in gospel community, a level of uh, friendship in gospel community. Why, why do people have such an aversion, those people that are on the outside, I'm saying, 
to things like Peloton and CrossFit. Why do you think uh, there's uh, a sliver of our culture that look at that and say, hey, if you guys are just getting healthy and you're just making friendships, why why do you think there's people out there that they're against it? Uh, because it is annoying. Good. And I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm like, being, I'm being like, I'm being facetious. I think some is because like anything, you know, when there's an inside and an outside, right. mm-hmm. we all desire to be on the inside of something. And if we're not, it's easy. The easy thing to do is to make fun of it. And that's sad. But there also is, there can be this thing about CrossFit, not, I haven't seen it in Peloton yet, uh, but in CrossFit for sure, where it's almost like um, those like diehard vegans and vegetarians who are like, you know, they just wear it on their sleeve all the time. And you're like, look, man, I get that. I, that's their great. Identity. Yes. I love that you're doing that. But like, please, is that the only thing you're able to talk about? Mm. And mm-hmm. am I allowed to like enjoy my meal too? You know, like <laughs> yeah. that. And that, that I've felt that from CrossFit, you know. But it feels like if you're on the outside, you feel judged even maybe if you're yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it can go both ways. I do think the, the, I actually think the first is true, more true though. And that's to say there's, there's a desire to be a part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you're not, the easy thing to do is to make fun of it. I really do. And, but, but again, it, it can be really annoying as people with CrossFit. That's, that's what they do. They talk about CrossFit and yeah. it's like, Oh Lord, you know, here we go again. Well, and that's a, I mean, that's a stereotype of people in CrossFit that we certainly hear a lot. But there's every every they call it the gym a box, right? CrossFit box is different, and every community is sure. Each individual is probably had a different experience. Same, as I assume, it's true with Peloton. Depending on what level of exercise you might be doing, and I don't know if they reward achievements in that uh, like they would uh, in CrossFit. They don't really do that. They have ranks, like there's ranking, like how how fast or how much how, what your output score was and where you fit in with the group in yeah. general and so I guess there is some form of reward you yeah. accomplish things yeah. you get like badges and stuff okay. I think so it's just like a video say, game it is <laughs> yeah, right. I think there is a part of that that's true I think that's some of the appeal to Peloton is it's I, I think it's less communal I would say than CrossFit the community is all it, through a screen yeah so, there's a, a limitedness yeah it doesn't mean that they don't still try to sell it sure I, yeah. I think what we've said so far this is helpful for me just to it might be an oversimplification but it's helpful to try and distill it down when you approach the body mm-hmm. uh, there are two ways to err you can say it doesn't matter um and, and in saying it doesn't matter, it is a lower view of the material world that God created that God right. made good, right? It's a lower view of the body than, than what our theology would would support. So that's all. That's First Corinthians. It doesn't matter what we do with our bodies because it's all about our souls. And so that kind of Gnosticism and that dualistic way to view the world. And and uh, so when Paul writes, he's like, what you do with your body, you're doing with Jesus's body, right? And that's yeah. the whole point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we know it does matter. And so how you treat your body matters. But the other end and I think this is where we've gotten into now is is those who would look and say it matters too much. Right. It matters more than it, than it actually does. And I think where you tint your question, kind of where, where the critique, maybe the clap back against the CrossFit culture, I, I think some people, it's just easy to mock what you don't understand. Yes. Right? I don't think that the person that is really excited about their CrossFitting, they're no different than the dude on his couch tweeting about Golden State. Right. It's their hobby. Really it's, what they're, it's what they're involved in. Yep. We are just familiar with hearing people talk about the accomplishments of superstars. We are not used to people publicizing their own accomplishments. That's kind of a new development because of social media, because of the age that we live in. And so I think there is an unfair critique that comes against it. And there is just like anything, there is uh, there is a way to apply the stereotype or the cliché that's unfair. Yep. Where I think the critique is fair is for those who uh, – that to what you said, where it's a worship of the temple mm-hmm. and the temple is not operating as a place of worship. 
that then when you and, – and I think it's any boutique fitness, any studio mm-hmm. fitness, you run the risk of them making promises that really only God can deliver on. Mm-hmm. So you have an emotional promise that you'll feel this way. You have a community promise that you'll feel I, – I, I can remember being in, in one particular setting where I was told on a holiday that if you don't have – I am watching a screen – and on the holiday, they're saying, if you don't have family, we're your family right now. Mm-hmm. We're sitting around the table with you right now. You're loved and included right now. And I think the sentiment is really uh, is kind, and yet the application of that is just so shallow, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know. There's no conversation. There's no shared life. You don't know my pains. You don't know my stories. And so when whether it's Peloton or whether it's CrossFit or anything for that matter that gathers a group of people together mm-hmm. and says this is what's going to be the thing that heals the deepest parts of your soul, we know who offers that. And we know the community that he created to be able to offer that. And that's where I think the for Christians we have to be uh, just cognizant of that to say are we looking for this to do things for us that Jesus does for us, and are we looking for these people to be the community for us where Jesus has already offered his church to be that community for us? Mm -hmm. You had a great segue there talking about what we find in Christ we should not look for basically in the gym or in exercise or in community, really in anything. It can only be found in Christ. So is it sin, Jamin Roller, to not (laughs) exercise? Is it sin for me to live an inactive life? Is it sin for me to reject that and say, what I found in Christ, I found in Christ. So why do I need to take care of my body? So that that would just be like, those two are not mutually exclusive. Like, you know, even to, to Ina's point that she made earlier, there is a sense in which, so we, last week we were uh, in Florida. My son and I, we went to Florida. We were partnering with a ministry there. It was awesome. And one of the, uh, one of the mornings it was raining. It was just pouring down rain. And I just think that there is a majesty to a storm on the ocean that just makes me love God, and it just helps me think of the Lord. So I went for a run on the beach, and those are two things that I love doing, being on the beach and and, and the run in the storm. And so in that, here's the reality, right? There could be someone who doesn't believe God exists, and they're running somewhere along that beach. And what we believe to be true is that it's more meaningful for me because that moment for me is connected to all of these things I believe to be true, that this matters just infinitely more than just one my, my moment running my mile and a half. I was really tired. I didn't get the last. Anyway, so my <laughs> moment running my mile and a half, right, is, is just infinitely, has infinitely more depth to it. And so, and that flows out of my, I, my identity. The, the purpose behind it was obviously health and taking care of my body, but, but, uh, from a place of, of knowing that there's freedom to do that. I think your question is, is there freedom to not do that, in mm-hmm. other words? And I, what I would just say is it's, it's uh, th- that kind of conversation would is best had with the specifics of someone's life. Good. So for some, my, my little brother, he's, he's born with a birth defect. He's mm-hmm. paralyzed from the waist down. He's been paralyzed from the waist down his entire life. Taking care of his body looks different for him right. than it does for me. And I, I think he does an exceptional job of that. Uh, and I think he's faithful to God in that, but it just looks very different. So what I would say generally, there's an expectation, just like with the gifts God's given us, just mm-hmm. like with the money God's given us, just like with the relationships God's given us. How am I looking at what God has placed in my hands and then offering that back to him and saying, I'm offering it back to you uh, in such a condition 
to please you good. and to C- honor you. Kind of like the parable of the talents where you go, somebody mm-hmm. maybe got one, somebody maybe got three, somebody got five. But the question is not like the Lord does not expect uh, the exact same return from every person. Every every person needs to look the same in what they're investing and in what with what the Lord gave them. But there should be some spiritual idea of saying, this is what the Lord's given me. What am I doing with it? Yes. Right? right? And so it may be sin for somebody to say, I am not exercising. It may be sin to be a, a Christian following Christ who wastes their life away with leisure activity that leads to no exercise or does not take care of their body. But it may also be sin, to your point earlier, Adam, to uh, try to kale myself into living forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to eat nothing but kale and do nothing but exercise. Then I'll live 120 years. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll be with the Lord 40 years before you, thank God, because of <laughs> Twinkies and Cheetos. Yeah. And so I'll be enjoying the Lord's presence. But is that is that sin? And I think there's a lot of questions there around it that people like to attack each other with. Like, well, you like this pastor's out of shape, and so I know that he lacks integrity. And that's a, that's a common and that's hard, conception. That's, it, exactly. And it's something you can see, and so you're making judgments based on something you just don't know, which is the heart. Only God can see our hearts, ultimately. You're exactly right. So I was thinking about also just, you know, exercise and the things that we've talked about, CrossFit, Peloton, those are things of privilege, things for people with discretionary time, things Mm. for people with discretionary money. Mm. And so that looks different depending on if you're a single parent, if you're working multiple jobs and in different cultures, it looks different. And so that's what I wanted to ask about as well is fitness does not require you to have a gym membership. Fitness does not require you to buy an expensive piece of machinery. In fact, what are some uh, healthy habits somebody might have if they just want to say, I want to honor the Lord. You, you talked about running outside. That's something that we can most most people can do fairly cost-effectively. Yes. But what are some recommendations for the person that you're saying, like, Here, here's a healthy way to take care of yourself that is not expensive? Going for a walk after dinner. I think just like watching the sunset, those, those kinds of things, that's a family activity, or it can even be done like before work, after work. I think going for walks is... Just a fun thing to do. But I was in I, when I was in England, their lifestyle is just a slower pace. They they go for walks. They're planting their own vegetables and just everything's moving slower. They take time for intentional conversations and things like that, not to get off on that tangent. But um, I think we uh, underutilize just being together outside. Good. Um, that's something you do as a kid, like send the kids outside. But we should all be outside doing things together. And that creates an active family. Yeah, I love that. It's just shared like my family and I. We went hiking this week, right? And my kids, we hiked what uh, what most people would consider a hill, but we treated it like a mountain, and right. it was it was wonderful. And my kids are so excited. They point back to that and they say, "Man, we were outside together as a family." I'll point to another one that's really important for family that we haven't talked at all about yet, but is certainly free and mandatory for all of us is how you give your body rest and how you give your body sleep totally. is an important part of your physical health. And there is a tendency, at least in our culture, to abuse ourselves into less sleep than probably our body needs mm. or to take pride in use, in needing very little sleep and saying, oh, right. I'm just going to stay up late, get up early, and uh, which the Bible speaks directly against because it's some, in some ways it's not trusting the Lord with what he's given me and, and saying, I need to work harder. I need to do more. I right. need to achieve. I'm busy is the new subtle way to say I matter. Yeah. 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 Or I'm better. Because I'm busier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Adam, let me ask you this. Some specific ways that Christians approach health differently than the world approaches health. We've danced around that question a little bit, but how would you say uh, a church member maybe needs to be thinking about exercise, fitness, physical health 
different than maybe uh, the American culture saying this is the way you should be thinking about it. I think it goes back to what Jamin said before and what Ina said, and it's just the idea that the way that Christian thinks about health is that um, we've been given something, we've been given this body to steward, and so we need to steward it well and wisely. And also I think the idea that you guys just touched upon is to think about why we were made and how we were made. And so that question right there are the, the sleep you just talked about. It's like mm-hmm. we were made for rest right? That's part of what we were made for. Um, It's not all that we were made for, but it is part of what we were made for. And we see that right in the beginning, right in the beginning of all that that's of the creation account and God rests on the seventh day. Same, same with us. We need to rest. We need to use our bodies well, but you know, we rest well so that we can be active so that we can Mm -hmm. give our full attention Mm -hmm. and thought to honoring and glory, you know, glorifying the Lord, et cetera, uh, to cultivating what he's, he's given us. And so I think maybe there's a sense of, we look at health and our own health, um, from from the perspective of responsibility uh, and of honoring and and glorifying our Creator, mm-hmm. I think. Whereas I think the difference would be the world would look at health as an answer to the question mm-hmm. of um, why why do I ache? Yeah, mm-hmm. and those are diff- That's a very different. You're right. Um, and so one's yeah one's stewardship. The other is uh, it, it answers the problems of the world. Good. Let me ask a question related to that because I do think it, in the Christian church it is easy to call out certain sins publicly and broadly. If we talk about lust or anger or greed, it's not uncommon to hear those things in a sermon. It's less likely you hear about uh, racism as a sin. And let's talk about we all have prejudice. Let's talk about let's, let's make this place a safe place to confess our prejudice. And it's maybe even less than that common for us to say, let's talk about the the gluttony problems we have here, the rest problem, the leisure mm-hmm. problem we have here, or the uh, obsession with fitness problem we have here. And maybe even more on a micro level, it's less likely for you to Matthew 18 process of, of approaching somebody about their health. Because we wrap up so much of our identity in it, it seems like something that's, hey, it's, it's none of anybody else's business, what you do when it comes to exercise or lack thereof. But the scripture would say, when we see a brother or sister who is either idolizing something that is not God or abusing something that is something they've been given to steward, our job should be to approach them? Look, I, we could all agree that there are certain issues in people's lives that require just out in love require a delicacy. Mm-hmm. And so where that conversation is best had is in an already existing relationship sure. where you're actively talking with people about the problems that undergird that problem because underneath that is a shame battle mm-hmm. underneath that is a is a, a theological misunderstanding and look if you are if we are practicing the one another's together if we are keeping each other accountable in a in a consistent way then those symptoms are going to naturally be addressed on the bedrock of a more important conversation does that make sense yeah in the sense to where if it's like hey you need to be healthier and you just come up to somebody and it's like hey, i've noticed <laughs> one that's super <laughs> super awkward yeah. and uh two it's not it's only going to get them to you know like taking medicine for a headache when underneath the headache is a much is a much bigger problem yeah. I, I do want to say this and i'm not trying to change the conversation but back to what you asked adam the the first question, because I think it's really important to say when you ask about Christians engaging in health, there is also a way in which Christians engage in that fitness culture to where the the one that's very easy to kind of take a shot at. We have at our church, we have uh, many 
uh, men and women who own CrossFit gyms. We have many men and women who are involved in all different kinds of, of studio-type fitness. And for them, they are bringing their convictions into the ownership mm-hmm. of that, into their employment there, and they're leveraging that for the sake of the gospel. Uh, on one hand, just maybe in a, in, a, in a very practical way, they see what they're doing is helping moms and dads live longer for their kids and, and live healthier lives in just a very practical way. But then on top of that, they're looking into what exists as a desire for community. They're providing that for people. And when God gives opportunity, they're wanting to meet them there and then take them to where true community actually is and true help actually is. And so I say that to just say there's a personal way to ask the question. And then there's a way to just acknowledge that uh, those who ha- who love God and who agree with all of the things that we've said that that Christians should agree with, they're looking into what exists in the culture, and they're entering in redemptively. And and the prayer for them is that the the story goes like this, that somebody looks and says, oh, you know, with CrossFit or with whatever, I can have acceptance, and I can be a part of this thing. And, And so they're wanting to provide that at a level in hopes that it carries them from there to where true acceptance is found in Jesus. And I just... You know, I just love that as a very pure expression of what it looks like for a Christian to live out of their faith in the world and in the marketplace. Right. And I've experienced that. I've experienced Christian owners of these kinds of um, of these kinds of businesses that, that are fitness. I have experienced firsthand how they've been able to sow the the seeds that only belong in the gospel that are only found in the gospel and they've been able to to sow them in a a third space that's not yeah. quite the world and not quite the church but they've created that third space no i think that's a great point and we do have not only people in our congregation that are uh, owners and operators but people that are very involved for whom it has been a way to get to know people in their community not just to evangelize but to find christian community and to do some things together and there's a lot of benefit that comes from uh, a hobby that increases physical health and at the same time gives you some emotional stability and friendships in the community. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we can really appreciate. I think about, uh, as related to the talk we're having, Adam and I did an episode not long ago about food, and it's really easy to talk about disordered relationship with food, right? We all have, we have names for anorexia, we have names for bulimia, we have names for gluttony, but there aren't as easy a uh, title for a disordered relationship with exercise, be it at one extreme or the other, maybe there's sloth or self-obsession or something like that. But there, there are, there's a disordered way that we've been talking about to have a relationship with your own personal health. So let's talk about what in an ordered view real quick as we close this out, as we try to minister to people uh, that are listening to this, thinking about their own fitness. Ina, what, if someone asked you, what is good motivation yeah. for exercise? What do you think a godly answer to that question would be? Good motivation um to steward your body well so that you can be healthy. You see your body as an instrument to accomplish God's will, to minister. Like for if I am healthy, I'm able to actually do more for people. I can bring you a meal. Not that I cooked because I'm not good at that. But <laughs> there, there are just tangible things that you're able to do when your body is healthy. And so I think, think of a right motivation is to please the Lord and not to draw worship to ourselves. And I think that's a really, really good one. Um, again, like what Jamin was saying, we're not trying to manage our image. We're trying to, if we're working out out of a place of security and confidence and identity in God, then I think that that's just a really good place to start. Good. And anything I think that leads to to vanity, to self-obsession, we would say, hey, 
be warned about those things and the danger from from hanging your hopes right. on who you can be or that you can prevent yourself from aging or from right. uh, that you can control something in your life that only the Lord controls. I, I think of scripturally, I think of how the Lord has warned us against worry, which I'm so glad he did. But he, he called us out and said, do not worry because I have you. I dress you like I dress the daisies and mm-hmm. I, uh, how much more you? And I love sparrows. How much more? You, he talks about his affection for humanity. It's not based on our level of attractiveness. We're not on a spectrum of attractiveness or physical health in order to achieve uh, God's love for us. But our motivation is because God loves us. I think of kind of, uh, there's a joke, at least in the Christian community, of the the honeymoon body, that when you get engaged, it's going to be like the the most work you put into your physical exercise because you know you're about to honor your bride or honor your groom by what you look like physically. And I think about the motivation there where it's not self-motivated, like I want this person to think this about me. No, this person has signed up to spend mm-hmm. the rest of their life with me. But what better way could I honor them when we get married than saying like, I'm going to take such good care of myself as we enter into this relationship together. And I think about that as motivating in exercise with the Lord where it's like he's given us a world to enjoy, a body to steward, and an, an earth to steward as well. Mm-hmm. But how can I be motivated to honor the Lord with the energy that he's afforded me without wasting it mm-hmm. and without right. treating it like garbage? And within the limitations that come with being human. Right. So it's there's a it's what Ina said. It's there the most important thing I will do today is not try to PR a 20-minute ride on Peloton. And so I am not living for that moment. Right. I am looking to healthy stewardship of my of my body, of the physical resources God has given me to be able to then do what is most important in that day, which for me would be as in one of the roles God has entrusted to me, either as a pastor or as a husband or as a dad or as a friend. And so it's looking to the one in a healthy way to be able to uh, feed into the other, acknowledging all the while that's going to mean sleep, like what we talked mm-hmm. about. That's going to mean intentional stopping, you know, mm-hmm. to just acknowledge I can't do it all. Uh, and I'm not needing this necessarily to do something for me uh, as much as I'm, I'm needing this to, uh, to be an expression of what it means to be human and limited. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Rourke and edited and mixed by Chris Starrett. And if you like Culture Matters, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do not like us, please don't rate us and review us. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening.